Good to see Pastor Rick back in the house, right? Doing it, he always makes a difference when he's here, believe me, always. And we're so thankful that God has allowed him to be a part of RCC. And thank you for pushing your way out today. People got scared of the race that was going on, and you think the world was going to end. I have you a call and text me, they have a race on Broad. I was like, it's okay. <laughs> it's just a race. <laughs> There's still church. <laughs> so uh, we thank God that you pressed your way and you made your way today, man. Uh, race home with the boys. Two of the, two of the boys are, are not feeling well. They've been sick uh, this weekend. Not sick enough not to play video games, but they've been sick, too sick to come to church, you know, one of those things. You know how that goes. Uh, you know, they got real sick late yesterday because they knew tomorrow was church, and it was like, <laughs> I can't, Dad. <laughs> oh, both of them coughing all night, right? So, uh, nonetheless, <laughs> kids, right? What are you going to do? So, she's home with the boys, but I'm so glad that um, that we're here today, and I was just listening to when Pastor Rick was talking about expectation. It's so important. Um, if we're going to change the world or change a city, we have to increase our expectation, right? We got to, there was one woman that pressed her way to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Thousands of people touched him, but one woman's expectation was so great that she pulled everything out of him. I mean, think about that. There was one woman with the issue of blood. Her expectation was so great that Jesus had to stop and see who this woman was that had great expectation. He gets excited when people have expectation, right? And so when you come to church, I don't want anyone ever come to church to meet a Sunday quota, but I want you to come to church with expectation. Because he says where two or three are gathered in his name, guess what he said he'll do? He promised to be in our midst. And to me, that's good. That's some good stuff. Come on. He said two or three are gathered. He promised to be in our midst. So we're excited about what God is doing and what God has done. And Pastor Rick came out on yesterday, uh, and we were talking about some awesome things that we uh, are putting on the table for our church. So listen. Look at somebody and say, we need your hands and we need your feet. Come on, look at those pretty feet. Don't take your shoes off, but if you, if you can glance at your pretty feet. Fred, you got nice feet, I'm sure, Fred. So let's look at your feet. <laughs> I, I, I need your harvest hands and I need your pretty feet, right, to do the kingdom work that God has called us to do in filling. And so um, one thing that Pastor Rick said was right among many is that my heart is here on doing what God has called me to do. And um, I'm, I'm more happier here talking to a handful of people than I would be somewhere else talking to thousands, right? Because this is what God has for me to do. And so I know that I'm in the right place and where he has for me to be today. Amen? And so I, I, I want to be a blessing to you today. Um, this is going to be rich because it's blessed me. So I want to finish what we started the last two weeks. And it's funny because initially when I started this, I said this is going to be a one-week message, and of course, it's turned to three or four weeks, right? Uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. You just, you know, you started cursing, it just kind of keeps on opening and unveiling. But, uh, I mean, we've been talking about the discovering your kingdom purpose, uh, and this pretty much today is going to segue into a, uh, a series of messages that we're going to be doing in mid-June talking about transformation, talking about transformation in mid-June. Uh, which is going to be a four or five week series. It's going to be amazing. We're going to uh, focus everything around it. We got some great things planned for that particular series um, because, you know, transformation is important. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that um, a little bit today. But uh, we've been talking about purpose. And the biggest thing that I always 
get the question that people, when I talk to people, is, you know, I want to discover or find out what is my purpose. Why has God allowed me to be here? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And I'm not just talking about just coming to church, right? That, that's, that's, we come for fellowship. The Bible says our inheritance are among those that are sanctified. So when we come together, there is a strength, there's a part of our inheritance that we get as believers. But it goes beyond that, right? There's an assignment that God has called you specifically to do in the earth that no one else can do, right? Uh, God did not have issues, and you were born, and he tried to attach you to an issue. There was something going on in the earth, and you were the only one that was in him that he can pull out to, to complete that assignment. Can I say that one more time? You're the only one. The Bible says that you were chosen from within him. You were chosen from within him, pulled out of God in order to complete that assignment. So that whatever God has called you to do, that only you can do it. And someone else's deliverance is attached to your obedience. All right, I'm going to say that because you got to feel the weight. Someone else's obedience, your obedience is attached to someone else's deliverance. So the longer you delay on doing what God has called you to do, you're delaying someone else from being delivered. Wow. I mean, could you imagine if Jesus didn't come? <laughs> could you imagine if the disciples didn't do what they were supposed to do? So your obedience is attached to someone else's deliverance. I want you to feel the weight of that, that statement right there. Uh, I, I want to use as a scripture today in the Philippians 2 and 13, which we had looked at, uh, I believe it was last week. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. To will and to work. So he's at work in us. He gives us the will and he gives us the ability to work it. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. The longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Father, we thank you that this word is blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So two points I want you to see from this scripture. We're going to run through a couple things real quick. That God gives you the, the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. So whatever your purpose is, he does create a longing in you towards that purpose. He does create a longing in you towards that purpose. So I know that God has called me to be a pastor or a teacher. I know that is one of my key purposes in the earth. And I enjoy doing that. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to just preach to the pews. You know, my, my, my grandfather was a pastor, and I was sneaking to the church, Sister uh, Anna, when, when nobody was in there. Sister Helen, I, I, I preached to the pews all by myself. And you would think the place was full. That's why I don't care who's here or not here. You know, I've had a lot of practice. Right? So I, I would preach to the pews, and, man, I would just go at it. I'd be preaching to the pews. I'd be pre Why? Because there, there was something in me that had a desire to do it. Now, some people, they would not, you know, want to preach to save their life. They would say, don't, I don't want to ever touch a mic. <laughs> right? Because that's not what they're called to do. Uh, there's some things, you know, I'm not called to, I couldn't get up here every week like, like Laura and, and Rob does and sing. I mean, sometimes I do sing. <coughs> but... However, I know that they're called to do that, right? They have a desire. They love to worship God. They're anointed to do that. There's some people that are anointed for business. Uh, Pastor Rick is anointed to go into the arts and entertainment field. I, I am not the fashion guru like he is, you know. You know, for me, a pair of jeans and a sweater, I'm good. You know, when he gets dressed, it's an event. 
you know, it's like that, that, that is his space. You know, that's his space. You know, it is what it is, right? So uh, people are called to do different things. People are called to do different things. And God will put in you, I love the scripture, the longing and the ability. So watch, he will never ask you to do an assignment that you don't have the ability to complete. I mean, that should get rid of all fear right there. That, that should bring some kind of settlement that God will not ask you to do anything that you don't have the ability to fulfill, whatever it is. I don't care how big it seems or how great it seems, all right? So he creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. Somebody say, I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Amen. That was a weak one, but all right, I'll take that, okay? Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, really quick. Uh, do not be conformed to this world. We looked at this last week, right? And let's, let's look at a couple of new things. Uh, but continuously, continuously, continuously. So watch this. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So he says transformation is not a one-time event, right? It is a continuous act, right? You've been in the world all week. We've been in the world all week. We've been... I don't know, watching whatever you've been watching. You've been talk, people been talking to you all week. You've been hearing negative news all week. You've been dealing with issues all week. There is a continually transform, <laughs> transform right? Every opportunity you get. So transformation is not a one-time event. It is a constant thing. And the Holy Spirit is constantly working on you to be transformed. He's constantly working on you. I love this. He says, continue to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to determine what God's will is, what is proper, what is pleasing, and what is perfect. So I broke this down into three things. The what is to continue to be transformed. How are we going to be continued to transform? By the renewing of our minds. And why do we need that? So that you may be able to determine God's will for your life what is proper, what is pleasing, and what is perfect. Does that make sense to you? That one verse, that's a real meaty verse. There's a lot of meat in that one verse in Romans 12 and 2, Mike, a lot of meat. He says, so we always want to look at the why. We want to be, uh, get God's will for our life. We always want to start at the why, but we skip the what and the hows, Right? Skip the what and the how. We, we, we want to get to the, to the why. We want to be, God, I want to do your will. Well, you can't do your will if you don't understand what's going on. The what is that? Wait, there needs to be a continual transformation. How are we going to be transformed? Your mind has to be renewed. My mind has to be. Then we're going to look at in a minute how do we do that. But why do we have to renew our mind? Because without a renewed mind, you will not have the ability to identify what is proper. The world has changed what's proper. You won't be able to identify what is pleasing to God. And you won't be able to identify what is perfect to God. I mean, this gets rich. I love this. Uh, this I was looking at the scripture in the book of Romans out of uh, my study Bible that I have here. Let me just pull this up real quick. And it said that when we talk about the word perfect, it says that perfect means in its original meaning uh, that which has reached its end, nothing more could be completed or nothing can be added to it. So when something is perfect, there's nothing else left to be done to it. It is perfect. And he says God wants to bring you to his perfect will. I mean, think about that. Perfect. Where there's like, you're at a point with God where he says, I can't do nothing else with you. 
Oh, man, how far are we off? I mean, I mean I'm, I'm so disformed, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I am, I'm a wreck compared to that. But he said, there, there's a point you can get to in God where he says, man, that, that's just, I, I can't add nothing to that. That's, I mean, can you imagine God saying that? I mean, I, he said, that, that's, what, that's what the original perfect means in the Greek. It means that nothing can be added to it. It has reached its points. It, 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 it is it. There's nothing else that I can make it because it is perfect. So when you are in the perfect will of God, God said you are doing exactly what I created you to do. Now, he would never tell us this if we could not attain it or he did not give us the ability to attain that. He says it gives you both the willing and the ability to do what he promised you that he can do. That sounds good to me, I'm telling you. So, all right, so watch this. When we look at transformation, that word trans, being transformed, that word transform comes from the word metamorphosis, right? And, and, and I thought about the extreme, uh, I'm going to give you three more scriptures, we're almost there. I thought about the extreme definition of metamorphosis because remember, we're gonna, the what is to continually be transformed. That's the what. What do we want to do? Continually be transformed. So every day of your life, you want to be in the process of being transformed. How are you going to do that? By the renewing of your mind. Getting rid of old concepts. So some people today, they stayed home because of their old concepts. Right? They, they didn't push. They didn't push. Old concepts, little things. And the enemy knows just what to throw in your way so you can be content and say, you know, I'm not going to. Now, you're only here once a week. <laughs> only, for, only for about two hours out of the week. I mean, think about, think about if there was something at work, you would find a detour. Why? Because you got to get that dollar, and that dollar cannot be more important than your relationship with God and your inheritance that are only among those that are sanctified. Come on. So th th there's something that you get when you come together that you can't get nowhere else. Now, I can go home. I can preach this message to my wife and everybody, and I can preach this message to Pastor Rick on the way here and call 10 people. But guess what? When we come together as a church body, there's something that we get. Are, are you hearing me? That you can't get anywhere else. You can't get any, why? But it takes a renewed mind to push past your feelings. Those of you that were here before, how many times did I drive in a snowstorm to get here, right, Laura? How many times did I push? Yeah, I mean, it, why? Because my renewed mind. <laughs> when you have a renewed mind, you don't see things the same way, right? Transforms you. Why? Because now I can identify that this is the will of God. Y'all getting this? I can identify Jackie, this is the will of God. This is what God, but I can't see it if my mind's not renewed, and my mind can't be renewed if I'm not being continuously transformed. And, and I love it. The word transform uh, means metamorphosis. It means transformed, transfigured by a supernatural change. And it gave the example of a butterfly. Uh, it's kind of dark, you can't see it, but when you take a caterpillar that goes to a beautiful butterfly, there are stages in transformation. I want you to write that down. There are stages in transformation. So when you get saved and become a Christian, that is the beginning of your transformation. Right? But you don't get saved today and become a butterfly tomorrow. Man, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to be saved today and tomorrow I am everything. No, no, no. But guess what? The, the caterpillar... Is just as much of a butterfly when he's a caterpillar. Okay, can I say it again? There's nothing being added there. 
There's nothing being added. There's not another uh, uh, insect coming and putting wings on the caterpillar. There's not another insect coming and saying, I'm going to give you better coloring to the caterpillar. No, no, no. The caterpillar is every bit of a butterfly, but without transformation. Gosh, you got to get this here today. He, 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 is, he is that already, but he just hasn't been transformed. God, do you see how important it is? I'm getting happy. I don't mean, nobody here. Look at that. Do, do you see how important it is to be transformed? Because when you don't get transformed, you don't know who you have the ability to become in God. Are y'all getting this here today? It's exciting, Brother Barry, for me to be transformed every day by the renewing of my mind. Because I'm excited to see what I have the potential to become. If I submit like the caterpillar to become the butterfly that's already on the inside of me. So think about it. As a caterpillar... He can't fly. He can't go but so high. He's at the ground. Come on. But in him is the ability to fly. Gosh. In him is the ability. If he would just let the process take place and submit to the shedding. <laughs> because there's shedding that has to take place. There's transformation that has to take place. So when God is trying to get you from being a caterpillar to a butterfly, there's some shedding that has to take place. And man, the shedding is a painful process, but it, you can't become who God has called you to become unless you shed. Some things you got to shed. I'm almost there. Uh, some things you got to let go of. It, 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 it is what it is. But I, I love it because the caterpillar is just as much as a butterfly as a caterpillar. And when everybody in the animal kingdom or whoever sees a caterpillar, they never really see the beauty of the butterfly that's in them. Gosh. But God sees the butterfly trapped in the caterpillar. Oh, come on, come on. Are you getting this? He sees he sees it, Brother Ben. He sees that. He sees that although everybody else is stepping and trying to hit that caterpillar, <laughs> nobody's paying attention to that caterpillar because right now nobody can see the value of the caterpillar. But God sees that in that caterpillar, there is a beautiful butterfly that has the ability to excel if it allows itself to go through metamorphosis, change, transformation. Come on, let the word work on you. Because although you may say, my life looks like it's a mess now, you may be in the caterpillar stage somewhere. But God saved you because the butterfly is in you. And he's trying to pull the butterfly out of you if you let the transformation take place. If you every day go back to the, to the, uh, uh, um, the what, the how, and the why, right, that you continuously be transformed, by the renewing of your mind so that you can identify what is the proper, pleasing, and perfect will of God. That, that, that perfect place. Now the, the, the butterfly does not transfer to a horse. That's it. Right? That, that process is done. Right? He is everything that God designed him to be. But guess what? He didn't start that way. He had to go through the transformation. There was a process. And so many times we get stuck in the process and we never become 
the butterfly. How many caterpillars, how many butterflies die a caterpillar? Probably a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I saw a caterpillar. We used to, <laughs> I'm confessing, my confession booth right now. You used to kill the caterpillars. Right? Come on, I'm almost done. Give me five minutes. We used to kill the caterpillars. You ever, anybody, am I the only caterpillar murderer in the church? You know, I used to kill the caterpillars, right? Now, when I see it, uh, Sister Helen, I, I look at the caterpillar and I say, oh, God bless the caterpillar. <laughs> because now, I'm saying, in that caterpillar, my goodness, is a beautiful butterfly. And watch this right now. If you go near a butterfly, they have the ability to fly from you. But as a caterpillar, they're so vulnerable. Transformation always has a vulnerable stage. Gosh. It always has, Michael, a vulnerable stage. There are times when you feel vulnerable. There are times when you feel exposed. There are times when you feel unprotected. But God will look out for you until the process is finished, until the transformation is finished. But there will be no transformation without some form of vulnerability. can't tell you how many times as a Christian I felt vulnerable. Anybody that tells you they haven't, they're lying. <laughs> or they haven't been saved long enough. Felt totally vulnerable. Felt, felt totally exposed, unprotected. God, if you don't see me through this season, I may not make it through this season. Come on, come on. God, if you don't help me through this or help me out of this, I may not make it out of it. I need you to protect me while I'm going through my transition while I'm being transformed, because I know in me, everybody can't see the wings, but I know they're there. <laughs> and, and, and I know I'm not qualified yet to jump off the building and fly, but I know in me, <laughs> I know, because why? Because I have desire to do it. I know, come on, come on. You, you put in me the will and the ability. Gosh, man, the will and the ability. But the ability must be worked out of you only through transformation. So there are some people that die with the will to do things and the ability, but they never actually do it. So will and ability is in you before it actually manifests. I mean, think about that. Come on, think about that. The will and the ability is in you before it actually manifests. Man, you talk about frustration. Talk about frustration. I have the will and the ability to pastor a great church. When I'm looking in the audience right now, I'm not feeling too great. <laughs> right? I, I, can, can, I, can, I, can I expose myself? Can I be vulnerable to myself, Rob? I mean, I'm not feeling too great right now. Right? I'm not feeling great. I'm feeling like, what's going on, God? You know, the up, the down, the up, the down, the good crowd, bad crowd, good crowd. You know, people here, people. I'm like, what's going on? But watch this. I have the will. I have the ability. I know I do. Because I could be doing a million other things right now, Jackie. I mean, doing ten other things. But, but I, I'm somewhere in this process. Gosh. I'm somewhere in this transformation. And guess what? I got to talk to myself when I'm going through the transformation and say, Andre, don't let go. Don't give up. Because you have the will. That's a sign. You have the ability that God is doing something. You're going from caterpillar the butterfly. I mean, think about the names. The name is even different. It's not about a caterfly. You know, when God transforms you, man, he transforms you. 
I mean, Saul the plumber, he transforms you. I mean, it's not right. It's a whole different name, a whole different why, because the process changes who you are. It changes who you are. It changes who you are. I mean, your name is different. Everything about you is different. I mean, it's green there. There's different colors here. Why? Just because that's what it, transformation does. When you really get transformed in Christ, people will not be able to identify you from your old self. Oh. Gosh, come on. They can't identify you. Uh, there's going to come a time they're going to walk in RCC, they they're in the wrong building because this don't look like the same church it looked like before. God's been doing some awesome things. These people don't look like the same people that was here before. Transformation, when you really get transformed in Christ, uh, you should not be able to look at the butterfly and identify which caterpillar it was. Okay. I'm going to say it again. You should not be able to look at the butterfly and say, oh, that was that caterpillar that was on the left side. There is no evidence. When you are a new creature in Christ, he gets rid of the evidence. He is the best lawyer you could ever have because he actually gets rid of evidence. You know, according to his own law, he, he, he burns the evidence. And the Bible says that, Fred, he puts it in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered or picked out again. He is great, Brother Ben, at getting rid of evidence of your caterpillar days. Oh, Lord. He's great at getting rid of the evidence of a caterpillar. Can I give you two more scriptures? We're done. We'll finish this another day. Romans 7 and 23. Watch this. We're talking about transformation. But I see a different law in the rule. Let's jump down to the underlying part. Waging war against the law of my mind. Right? The only way, what, the what, the how, was the transformation of the mind. That's why there's so much war in your mind. Right? Anybody that said there's no war in your mind, yeah, okay, sure. There's always a war going on in the mind. The war, uh, the process of what I want to do right, evil was always present. You know, when I would, I couldn't, when I could, I couldn't. He said, every time I tried to go left, there was somebody trying to push me right. You know, it's always that. He said, there is a war. Okay, there's a war going on. And it's trying to subdue me. It's trying to take charge over me. The war of my mind. He says, but that's why it's important to have it renewed. That's why you got to stay in the word. And the word, before you know it, it gets in you and it starts rearranging stuff. You know, why, why am I not angry anymore? No because the word moved in and the word moves in and it starts moving all your furniture. It doesn't need permission. It just starts moving stuff. Moving people, moving this, moving that. And when stuff looks like it's falling apart, I put a quote on this week. I said, when it looks like it's falling apart to you, it's actually falling in place to God. I mean, God is great at doing that. I, that thing hit me this week. I was sitting there thinking. I was like, man, this isn't. And God said, when it looked like it's falling apart to you, it's actually falling in place to me. So things that look like it's this way, God says, that, that looks really good. And here you are, you're stressing, you're bugging out. You're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? God's like, that looks really good. I mean, man, if I could just, let me just move this over this a little bit more. And you're like, God, no more. God's like, that looks great. Right? So what looks like it's a mess to you is order to God. Why? Because it looks orderly to you in your untransformed mind. 
But to your renewed mind, you realize, man, I was a mess. Come on. The more you get closer to Christ, the more you realize how messed up you really were. I was calling up, down. I was calling blue, yellow. I was just, <laughs> I, I, you understand? That, that's, what the unrege- <laughs> that's what the unregenerated mind does. It doesn't have the ability to identify God. Gosh. It's blind to who God is, what God is. But watch this. The closer you get to him, the more you realize, wow, I really needed him. And it's painful in the process. But guess what? At the end, it's going to work. Look at this last scripture in Philippians 2, verse 5 through 6. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Man, that's really good. Let the mind that was in Christ be in you, who being the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Let the mind. So the mind of Christ, he says, I want that mind in you. Sometimes I can tell you my thoughts don't look like Christ. <laughs> Sometimes they don't sound like Jesus. I'm like, I don't know who that is. That's my unregenerated mind, right, that has these conversations, that war that goes on in my own mind. He says, but let the mind that was in Christ, let it also be in you. Let that mind be also in you. This scripture, and you can close your Bibles after this scripture, in the book of Titus. <coughs> I didn't put it on the screen Titus is like after 2 Timothy. It's in the New Testament. It's one of those books we never read. So if you got to look it up in the beginning and index, that's all right. Short book, really short book, just three chapters. But I love this scripture that I want to read to you real quickly. And I should have put it. I'm almost done with you. I know I'm boring you. Look at this. Titus chapter (laughs) 3, verse number 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, He saved us. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Not by righteousness of works that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that that saved us. We didn't do anything to get saved. We couldn't be good enough. Even while you're saved, you're still not good enough. But it's his mercy and his grace. Gosh. That allows us to, to be here every day and to be alive. So it's not, he said, your, your righteousness is as filthy rags. And when you really look up in it, because we have a Delta, I can say this. When you look up what filthy rags is, it, it was in reference to a woman when she's having her menstrual. The rags that they used to use in the Old Testament. He said, that's how your righteousness is. I mean, that's nasty. I mean, he wanted, to, he wanted to go as far left as he could to show you how your righteousness is. He says, he says that's what you do. But when I come, that's why your righteousness, no matter how hard you try, it can't. But if you have the mind of Christ, I mean, it's great. He says, don't even do it on your own. Don't even think on your own. I mean, that's great. He says, I'm going to give you somebody, steal somebody else's thoughts. I mean, does it get any better than that? He says, I don't even, you, don't, you don't even have to have an original thought. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want you to, don't even try to be original right now because you're already original. He says, steal the mind of Christ. Take the mind of Christ. Thank the mind of Christ. And when you begin to do that, before you know it, that butterfly is going to begin to pop back out. You're going to go from the caterpillar to the butterfly with the mind of Christ. That transformation, it does it for you. So I want you to put your Bibles down and jump to your feet real quickly. Uh, uh. Listen, this is the season for you to become everything that God has called you to become. 
But watch this. It's, it's, it's going to be a process of transformation. And, and watch this. It's not one time. Man, I wish I could come to church and the pastor could wave a wand and I am everything that God called me to be. Right? Or, or, or Laura could sing one song in C flat. I don't know what key you're singing. G flat, A flat, Q. And, and, and it's all done. No, it doesn't work like that, right? It is a, Michael, continually, continuously. Watch this. That's why I got to get around the right conversation. That's why we're going to implement more things so that you can have this continuously, not just on Sundays. I said last week, if I can get your Monday you and your Sunday you to combine, man, that's progress. Right? But our Sunday and our Monday us look like two different people. Right? If I can combine those people. And have your Sunday you just excited with your Monday you. And then we work on Tuesday. But let's just work on Monday for right now. If we can get Monday and Sunday combined. And then when we get that one, we can work on the Tuesday you. <laughs> right? And we can combine that. And then we work on the Wednesday you. But, man, if you can look like that and sound like Jesus, every day of the week it's about Jesus. He says, take his mind. Take his thoughts. Take his character, his attributes. And become him so that you can do his perfect will. Be able to identify what is perfect. What is his acceptable will in your life. So I want you to just lift those hands for a couple of seconds. And I want you to say that, come be the fire. Because that's going to be our prayer today. That God set us on fire with his Holy Spirit. That we begin to run and everyone we come in contact with will catch on fire as well. But every day is a continuous transformation. Don't make him a Sunday Jesus, but make him a Monday Jesus, a Tuesday Jesus, a Wednesday Jesus, every day of the week. Make him your Jesus. Come on, lift those hands and just worship him for a minute.